WWE is just one week away from Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia with a very tasty card on a show that continues to leave a bad taste in the mouths of many. AEW is giving away one of the biggest matches it can for free tonight on Collision. Becky Lynch, no longer the NXT Women's Champion, and Ric Flair made his Dynamite debut. We're talking about it all on this week's Earning the Push. My name is Jack Murley, professional broadcaster alongside professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. Charlie my fault entirely we were off last week i did not sound like this last week i sounded rough as rats so it's your fault it's a little bit of a stretch you got ill which all of us do at some point but no um the main thing is that you've rested far better and your dulcet tones are back a lot across our airwaves to talk all things wrestling you missed two weeks and it's like we've got three hours of a show to do into 45 minutes because so much is happening so much is going on. Um, it is madness. Thank you to everyone for the nice messages last week, including, I think, Marco from Scotland saying, uh, well, people would like your husky voice. No, no, trust me. Oh, hello, Marco. <laughs> hello, Marco. That's what this podcast is a vehicle for now. Um, ultimately, it's what they all become. So look, loads of wrestling to get into. Remember to keep supporting this podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get us from. He's Charlie underscore Beckett on most social media. I am Jack underscore Merley. Loads to go on with, but... We'll kick off with WWE because Crown Jewel takes place in Saudi Arabia one week from today. And the build to this one has been stacking up nicely over the past couple of weeks. Perhaps the most newsworthy announcement is WWE has decided to pull the trigger on LA Knight. He will meet Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship contract signing on SmackDown last night, Charlie. They are not messing around, WWE. They are going with this. No, absolutely. And... We always say it with these um, Saudi shows, so I'll do it early so it's on record. We kind of have to, well, no, we're not kind of, we have to separate, we'll talk about on the show, separate our personal views of WWE taking the show Saudi Arabia and obviously the very obvious issues with human rights, etc. in Saudi Arabia. So well, when we started the show, we still talk about what we've decided to do is put that to one side and put on, on record our issues with that, then talk about the wrestling. So... That that I've done that this time. I've done that. I've done our responsible thing. Jack's normally our responsible adult here, but I've managed to get that in this week. So well done, mate. Charlie's done the disclaimer, and and it, yes. you know what the thing is as well. It's not only beforehand; it it's afterwards. I will struggle to watch back any yeah. of it. So next yeah, yeah. week maybe less detailed, although it won't have happened next week. But people know what you mean. Anyway, we've done the disclaimer. What are we thinking about LA Knight? I think it's just the best story of the last year, isn't it? It's just over a year ago he was bloody maximum models, all that nonsense. And now he is the hottest thing in WWE, which is crazy to say. He has, I think I saw a stat this week, it's the third month in a row he's had the number one selling t-shirt. You hear the crowds go wild for him. And I think it's very clever in WWE to not mess about, get him in the title feud. And we see Roman so rarely at the moment, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, that anytime anyone is put up against him, even if they don't beat him, and I don't for a second believe LA Knight will, I really don't think LA Knight is the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. But just the fact that in one of one of Roman's five or six fleeting appearances this year, LA Knight is the man they're going to put against him is as big a push as you can get really in this company at the moment. So I'm really, really excited for it. The match, the build has been very good, I think. I think Heyman has been outstanding. Uh, LA Knight just goes from strength to strength on the mic and shows what he can do. Roman's Roman. We know how good he is. So I'm really excited for this match. So I think actually sometimes LA Knight's in-ring ability is underrated because of how good he is on the mic, but the man's a very good wrestler, as is Roman Reigns, obviously. I think that gets forgotten sometimes as well. So this is going to be a really, really good match and a real good headline. I think the 
the near falls are going to get us all biting. We will be biting because of he's number one on the uh, merch sales, the crowd reactions. Maybe he's the guy. We'll all bite on the near falls, but I don't think LA Knight in Saudi Arabia is where they will pull the trigger on Roman's title, um, title run coming to an end. Yeah, possibly not the right guy, definitely not the right place, but they are giving him so much in this build. On SmackDown last night, they did the contract signing. I can't remember anyone doing what LA Knight did on the way to the ring, which is interrupting Roman Reigns' very long, very regal entrance, and he just thought, no, I'm hitting my music, out I'm coming. I can't remember anyone else sitting at the head of the table. These are all moments they could have given to a Cody Rhodes in the build to WrestleMania or to a John Cena. It's not happened. There's equity in giving in those moments. And they've said, LA Knight, you have this. Win or lose, whatever happens in this match, they're making him by giving him these opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. It's a massive push. And those little details are so huge because they've this whole title run of Roman has been built on the little details, on the nuances and to give LA Knight those little things, like him sat at the head of the table, for example, that's a massive, massive moment that the fans will pick up on, and we do pick up on, and people on podcasts like this talk about. So I think it's a huge show of faith in LA Knight. I don't think he will win um, the Universal title. I really don't. But I think he's very much a main event player and here to stay in the main event scene in WWE. I read, I think it was Fraser Porter from Cultaholic, say on social media, is there a reason for doing this now so we don't get coming into WrestleMania season a repeat of last year where we had Cody was the guy, but then Sami Zayn was the one that most folks wanted? And if you do this now, you're not having that LA Knight Cody, who's the right guy to take down Roman Reigns, because you can have him lose and spin him off in a different direction here without embarrassing him. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they're doing. I think they managed it well last year because they had Elimination Chamber in Montreal to give Sammy his moment, but it was very organic, the build to Sammy last year, but probably not what WWE wanted or needed at that time. So I think it's clever. They've done it before with Brian, haven't they, where they've had to change it. They, I think we all saw from SmackDown, was it last week or the week before, with the Roman Cody stare-off, which was such a cool moment. They hadn't had it since WrestleMania. I think we all knew there and then that's what they're going to. We're going to Cody Roman 2 at Mania. I think how it will work is I think whoever wins the Rumble will be a very obvious challenger for the World Heavyweight Championship. It will be someone, Seth, if he's still champion at the time, so that is very obviously the man to face. And we will manoeuvre to Cody Roman somehow, whatever way. There's a million ways we could get there. But I think they are clever in clearing the way now of anyone who could get the fan surge and fan support to, um, to face Roman. I think that's why I said it last episode. It's so important that LA Knight is not in the Rumble if he's not going to win it. That I think that's so key. So you have to find something else for him to do at the Rumble, which is fine. There's loads of things for him to do. But no, I think there's a massive, massive sense of that, of let's get the challenges the fans want. Let's give them their shot before Mania so we don't try and get our Mania plans hijacked. Which, by the way, isn't a bad move because it's not like the Mania plans are a bad plan. I want to see Cody Roman too. I think how they've handled Cody and Roman since WrestleMania has been very, very clever keeping them apart and I I, I, um, I criticise them with this brand split this isn't really a brand split uh, when they took Cody across it's like how is he going to end up facing Roman again but actually it was the most obvious way to keep them apart so I think it's just really good booking from WWE actually yeah and I don't think it harms LA Knight I think saying you're not going to this huge thing we've created with Roman Reigns we're sorry th this isn't for you but look at all the other stuff we can give you 
he's not being demoted. He's not being looked down upon. He's not being done dirty by WWE. It's just, yeah, you're getting this huge opportunity. Let's move you off in another direction afterwards. And who knows when we can come back to this? Because you could easily, if Cody's a guy at Mania, LA Knight could be a very credible contender to take you through the next year. Do you want to talk about Roman Reigns a little bit now? Because you and I were doing the maths. Uh, really, it was just counting, I suppose, earlier this week. <laughs> Which, isn't that just what maths is, essentially? I, I give, it, give it more than it was due. Were you trying to work out how many pay-per-view main events that Roman Reigns has had, or even appearances, in 2023? And we think it's the Rumble, WrestleMania, yeah. Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, Crown Jewel. That's yeah, oh, off the top of my head, hmm. so far, they're the five for 2023 that I can think of. And I was reading reports yesterday that I sent you, which sparked this conversation, that he's not going to be at Survivor Series, which is baffling as one of WWE's historical big four. So for him, oh, he was at Elimination Chamber as well this year, sorry, obviously, with Sammy at Montreal. That's a sixth. So six. But the fact that we are almost in November and he's going to hit a crown jewel the start of November, he's going to hit six and we might have forgotten another Saudi show or something there but he's not done many pay-per-views and he's not doing many smackdowns anymore and i absolutely understand and appreciate that he is a special attraction and that it feels big when roman's there and i get that but if you go way back in the archives and listen to the earliest incarnation of this show and jack and i were in jersey i had this issue with brock lesnar i'm now starting to have it with roman that I don't think Roman appearing with the title elevates the title anymore. I think Roman not caring enough as champion to be there diminishes the title a little. And I get that the title is so important because he's had it for 7 million days. I may have rounded up a little bit talking to maths there. I get that the title's always going to feel important because of that. But if Roman can't be bothered to turn up to show us his title, to defend his title, to promote his title, why should we be bothered about whether he wins or loses it? I just think we're getting to that territory now for the first time. And the way they're stringing the bloodline story together and it carrying on seems a little convoluted now. And that is such a kick in the teeth when it was so good for so long. I just feel like it's it's just not quite hitting for me at the moment for those reasons. And the interesting thing is you are where we know a lot of our listeners were straight after WrestleMania because they were saying, Manias, if you're not doing it now, you've lost us with this story. The counterpoint is, Backlash without Roman Reigns had that amazing Bad Bunny Damian Priest match. If Roman Reigns isn't at Elimination Chamber, we know we're still going to get that amazing Rhea Ripley pop. If we get War Games at Survivor Series, we're going to love that even if Roman Reigns isn't in it. So, for all you're saying, is it just smart business by WWE to say, look, we've got enough other stuff going on? We don't need the champ on every show. And I know it's strange for us as fans because we have been brought up where the champ is always there. But for fans in the 70s, 80s, NWA territory era, this was the normal. Yeah, there's definitely that potential. I think as well with the TKO merger, they don't have a UFC events, for example. They don't have their heavyweight champion there every time. Now, I know there are different weight divisions, but you don't have the same people appearing on every pay-per-view show. So I've... I don't know, maybe it is I'm conditioned to think that the champ should always be there like John Cena was through the noughties. Maybe that's what I'm conditioned as a fan who grew up in that age. But it just, I haven't had any even, I haven't had an issue with it until the last month or so. It's probably just started to smart with me a little that it's just never there. I'll tell you why it probably annoys me so much. I enjoy watching Roman Reigns so much. Like, he's so good. The show is elevated when he's there. So... 
yeah, I'm not. I'm nowhere near where I was with Brock Lesnar a few years ago because with Brock Lesnar, it genuinely felt like he couldn't be bothered. Like he genuinely felt like he did not want to be there. I don't get that sense of Roman at all, but I do feel like we could maybe do with seeing him maybe a little more often. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. It's fascinating to see the way they're going to book this. Big match for AEW, perhaps the biggest they can give away on Collision tonight. We'll be talking about it later on the podcast. MJF against Kenny Omega. And we'll be talking more a little bit about Impact Wrestling. Rebranding as TNA, we'll dive into just a little. But still crown jewel chat to be had. We know Roman Reigns is going to be there, defending his title on a rare occasion. Seth Rollins loves defending his World Heavyweight Championship. And it's Seth against Drew McIntyre. This tweener version of Drew, mm. I like. I like a lot. <laughs> Do you, Jack? I tell you what, it's my better half likes bloody Drew McIntyre. All right, so I don't like it for the same reason you. No, no, no. Yes, yes, I get that. I get that. Uh, he's known as Big Sexy Drew in our house, not by me. Well, he's, uh, what he is now is he, he's almost Big Moody Sting Drew. He's sort of yeah. Sting NWO WCW. Which side is he on? Vibe is very good. He he is very good, and actually, the whole story with him. Sammy, Jey Uso, code like it just makes sense because you wouldn't just forgive someone for what they did to you a year ago because they're nice now, would you? So I really like that. I like when wrestling makes sense, and this makes sense. Drew needed this, by the way. I feel like babyface, smiley Drew McIntyre had gone to where he could go um, in WWE, and I think tweener leaning towards heel, badass Drew is the way to go. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very good match. Every time Seth has defended this title, I've said to you on this podcast, oh, I think this is it. And every time, it hasn't been. But I think this might be it. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think this might be it. What I like about, before we get back onto the match, what I like about this version of Drew is we have all in our life had those moments where everyone around you sees the world in way X and you see it in way Y, and you're looking at them going, do, do you not, am I not making sense here? And Drew is looking at your Sammies, your Jays, your Cody's, and going, remember what was happening to you? Like, you can see why Drew would be getting frustrated in this twilight zone where suddenly Jey Uso's accepted. And we were saying, I think we probably thought that, that what the sensible thing to do with Drew would be, you know, just turn heel, beat up a baby face, go full on heel, heel on the fans, blah, 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 and off we go. This is a much subtler, much better way to do it. So credit WWE. Yeah, this has been very, very good. Do I think we definitely at the very least get a tease of Drew cheating to win at, um, at Crown Jewel. Do you think he cheats to win? Can you see a way where Jey Uso helps him win? where he gets a victory thanks to Jey Uso that he doesn't want because Jey's trying to prove he's good and then Drew's got the title, but only due to the guy he still can't trust. I hadn't thought of that. I really like it as an idea. It'd be very interesting. I don't know how you do that with Jey being a face still because Seth is the face. If Jey somehow screws Seth over to help Drew, then he becomes heel again and Jey's face. So I don't know how you do that with the heel face dynamics. But I absolutely don't hate it because Drew almost feeling guilty that he's champ would be a very, very interesting uh, way to go. What I also like the idea of is if we get a poor old Seth who's done, whether you like the title or don't, my feeling is I wouldn't have done it. I think your feeling is you don't mind it now and I don't hate it by any means. Poor old Seth has done a great job with his title and every time you just I just want it off him. 
because I would like to see Drew against Sami Zayn because last mm. week would have spoken about if I weren't poorly a confrontation between Drew and Sammy backstage where Drew said, Sammy, you don't know what it's like to be a world champion. And I was thinking of you as an athlete. How under your skin would it get if someone was that condescending to you? You don't know what it's like to do X. You've never been there. And I thought, hmm, that's a seed I'd like to see sprout. 100%. That would really wind you up. And I've had conversations with people like that where they are condescending and talk down to you and it gets you. And they also... And then you brilliant... fought them in a street fight the next week. Exactly that. Um, they also had a brilliant match um, last week, um, Sammy and Drew, and that could main event any pay-per-view anywhere in the world, Drew McIntyre versus Sammy, um, Sammy Zayn. I think it's very interesting we didn't talk about last week either, Sammy and KO being split. Mm. Uh, now, I think we're going to get a real big singles push for Sammy Zayn, which we all know he's deserved for a long, long time, so that would be great. It feels like there was a lot of moving parts in this World Heavyweight Championship scene, which is really cool, and it's not like... It doesn't feel like any of the people involved are token world champions. Like, if any of them won, you'd be like, that is a world champion right there. And it feels like it's elevated. It's almost like the World Heavyweight title belt is kind of like the Workman's World title. It's like the IC title used to be, the work the Workman title. This is like the Workman's World Championship, which is a weird thing to say because the World Championship should be the World Championship. But it's very, very interesting where they go with it. I... I think Seth has done an unbelievable job. I think Seth Rollins is brilliant. I'd like Seth Rollins to have a little rest. Like, he's worked so hard. And you hear them talk in kayfabe about his back injuries a lot. But I just... You know, you just get the feeling that someone does have a few physical issues. Like, the way he moves. and just I just would like a month or two off for Seth. Like, lose the title and come back at the Rumble. And have a big... Like, I just feel like he probably needs it. Because he's worked so hard these last few months. And... From what you read, his back isn't in great shape. So just give him a little rest. Yeah, and and I've always liked the idea of doing that. When you have a roster this strong, where you say to someone, you've not done anything wrong, you're doing great, but let's absence makes a heart grow stronger. Let's let's take you off telly for a little bit. Um, before we talk AW, a couple of quick hits uh, about Crown Jewel as well. We're getting a fatal five-way for the Women's World Championship. Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler versus Zoe Stark versus Raquel Rodriguez. And Logan Paul calls out Rey Mysterio after his boxing match for the US title. And with Logan Paul, I always say, Logan as a man has done some questionable things. Logan as a performer is money, money, money. And I am getting that belt off Rey Mysterio as quickly as I can and throwing it round the waist to Logan Paul. I totally agree and it really upsets me to say. But yes, I do. And just imagine the promos... Logan Paul could give about beating the legendary Rey Mysterio. Imagine him sat on his podcast with the US title. Like, it makes business sense for WWE. Logan Paul's also brilliant at this. Like, I feel quite a few of the boys ask about Logan Paul in wrestling, and I'm like, yeah, I hate to say it, but I think this is what he's born to do. He's just a natural at this. He's so, and I don't say that diminishing the work he will have put in because he will have worked incredibly hard, but naturally, he's got a knack for this. He's brilliant. So, I do think that. That makes sense. I think WWE must have been over the moon that he wanted to talk about this after the boxing match with that. Those viewers, they'll get people across from that touch WWE. But just a word for Rey Mysterio. Like, how good is Rey Mysterio in his 50s doing this? Rey Mysterio had his first match in 1989. I was born in 1988. Rey Mysterio has been doing this essentially for the entirety of my life. And you would not look at Rey Mysterio and have the conversations that have been had about all wrestlers at some point where you go, 
is now the time to think about stopping. He just is unbelievable. And I think that's a main event anywhere you look at it. You don't have any doubt that Logan Paul and Rey Mysterio could give you a four-star match. No, not at all. I went to see a WCPW show in 2017 because Rey Mysterio was headlining and I thought this might be the last chance I ever get to see him when he was away from WWE. And now we are seven years later and he's wrestling probably as well as he ever has. He's just, he's sensational. He doesn't, he's always in the conversation of the greatest luchador of all time. I genuinely think he has to be in the conversation of greatest all time period. When you're talking about your Mount Rushmore's, Ray has to be in the conversation for longevity and just body of work and the way he broke the mold for smaller guys in WWE. So that, but I'll stop eulogizing Ray Mysterio now. Back to what we're talking about. Ray versus Logan will be a great match. I think this actual Saudi card, uh, the Women's Fatal Five-Way will be good fun. They're very good, those multi-person matches. I think we just saw Desi last night. It was announced Io Sky versus uh, Bianca Belair, which will be a heck of a match. Yep. Also, we don't talk enough about what a moment. The one good thing about WWE going to Saudi, in my opinion, is the fact that women, they've broken moulds of women being able to perform in that area of the world, which I'm which is a great thing. The, like, you look back to the early shows, the women couldn't perform. They weren't allowed on those shows. The fact that now we've got two women's matches at least on this show, that's a brilliant step forward and probably the only good thing I can think of of WWE going to Saudi Arabia. So that's great to see. But yeah, this is, from a wrestling point of view, this is actually shaping up to be a really, really good card. Yeah, this this is a this is a stellar card. And if, if you put aside the ethical issues we always talk about and you can sit down and watch it, you're going to get a great night's entertainment. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you're listening. It's Ernie the Push. He's Charlie underscore Becky on the social. I'm Jack underscore Merley. We will talk just briefly about Becky Lynch a little later, but let's switch tags and talk AEW. Out of seemingly nowhere, they've announced probably the biggest match they are able to give that is happening tonight as we record this on Saturday on AEW Collision. MJF which is world title on the line against Kenny Omega. We also need to talk about the ongoing saga of Sting's retirement announced last week on Dynamite and the debut of Ric Flair in AEW. AEW making some big moves. Omega and MJF just had that feel of a moment when they had that stare down on Dynamite. Yeah, this was a goosebumps, very cool sort of feel moment. You talk about Roman and Cody having a stare down um, out of nothing the other week on SmackDown. This had a very, very similar feel and... It makes sense. Of course, Kenny Omega would want to stop MJF breaking his record as longest reigning AEW champion. I think it makes total sense they're doing it. I'm really excited for it. I've got nothing but good things to say about this happening, except for I wish we built to it a little more. I wish we'd... And to be fair to AEW, I feel like they must have been absolutely calling audibles everywhere with what's happened to Adam Cole. Like that must have changed everything. So if this is the audible they've called, Absolutely brilliant. All here for it. Genius move, Tony Khan. Here's your flowers. Congratulations. Brilliant. But why didn't we think of this three months out? Why don't we start teasing this from six weeks, MJF's getting close, and see Kenny Omega getting angry and build to this? You could have built to this collision tonight for four, five, six weeks. That'd be the biggest collision you've ever had. So I think it's brilliant, and I'm all here for it, and I'm very, very, very aware that I don't want to sound like I'm bashing AW for giving us something that is excellent, and this will be outstanding tonight. I just feel like we're 98% of the way there on something that could have been truly awesome. Yeah, I don't care about feeling like I'm bashing them because I love AEW. I'm I'm going to say the truth. If if on SmackDown last night, they had said, 
We're giving you Roman Reigns against Cody Rhodes on Raw for the Undisputed Championship, and we're giving it to you on Monday. We would be going, whoa, way, fantastic. But the anticipation is the joy of wrestling. And I think that they could have made this so much bigger, even more anticipatory with, with the build, like you say. And actually, when I woke up this morning, my YouTube recommendations had an amazing video by AEW. Literally, a five-minute video, which was the build to this we should have got. It was talking about both men, their, their, their accolades, what they'd accomplished, the countdown. And I watched it. I was like, man, I am hyped for this match. If you'd given me that three just just three weeks ago, man, it would have felt so much bigger. So, and these are the things that AEW should be doing. So it's going to be a great match. But if if you find any time today, watch that five minute video package because you will wish you had the chance to see it before you know the day of the match. I'm looking forward to going and watching that after we finish recording. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, is there any way MJF loses this match? I mean. MJF wants to. Well, Jack, if his if his shoulders are on the canvas for three seconds with Kenny on top of him, that will that will suffice the loss. Also, if he's in a submission hold and taps out, that will also suffice the loss. Also, if he's outside the ring for the ten count or uses a weapon, he will lose via cat out disqualification. But the championship won't change hands. I won't lie. I thought since we were do, we've been doing a hundred and something episodes of this podcast, I thought you probably understood how wrestling wins and losses work. But I'm glad I've cleared that up for you. Charlie Beckett replaced by the Microsoft paperclip with wrestling knowledge there. Thank you very much, Mr. Beckett. All right, now I know there are ways he can lose. I could really pop myself there. I'm such a tit. I feel like that was like the the, the folk rock moment where, where he drops his, where he says it doesn't matter and then Foley cuts him off. Yeah. We'll carry on. Is there any way you think he, that's the same, there's no other way to ask this question now. Do I think he'll lose? No, I don't. Do you? Not a chance. Not a chance. I don't know how I don't know how they and this is this is again it's it's the oh we're getting a great match but I think we all know the outcome but what I like is that AEW has looked at Collision and has gone we need something to get eyeballs on it because it has been most weeks a really good show that no one's watching yeah that and that's that's gonna be the frustrating thing for them is it's not like they're putting out a bad show and no one's watching it like when you go when I do pick up bits of Collision I'm like oh this is really good but. I don't go and watch it because there's so much wrestling. I've said it a lot and it's lower down my list. They've got to find a way to make it must watch. Here's a question for you. We, I think we all probably think that Cody Rhodes is going to beat Roman Reigns for the universe title. I think we all, all probably think that's the way they're going. Who do you think beats MJF? <clears throat> you see, it could it could have been a Kenny Omega if, if you'd... And you can still go that way. Mm-hmm. I, I think for the lack of visible challenges, you hold off till Adam Cole is better. And but but looking at his tweets recently, and the knowing the severity of the injury, it sounds like it could be a long one. Like this could be six nine months till he's back. Because I saw him blessing tweet about how emotionally this has been the hardest injury to deal with his life, which makes me think there were big big things coming um, for him in AEW, and this is ruined, which is hideous and heartbreaking when you're so close to it and it it goes. So. It's a long old wait for Adam Cole to win. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying it's a long time probably till he's fit and ready to go. In in which case, realistically, if as you say, if Adam Cole, I think you need to change before nine months because I don't think MJF needs a Roman Reigns title reign. 
Do you know, I'd be tempted to to give Darby Allen a, a consistent yeah. build. Um, I would like to see it go on someone like Darby Allen, and it doesn't have to be a long title reign he has, but I think you could easily do something like that. Um, a Danielson, possibly, does he retire without having held the AEW World Championship, and does it matter? I, I think the honest truth is probably there is no one immediately obvious you'd look at and go, that's the next guy. I'm going to push someone who has been a long-time favourite of mine, Let's have Malachi Black kick his head off. Like, I I love Malachi Black. I think he's brilliant. I just think the House of Black, it's weird. I think the House of Black gimmick limits him a little bit. I don't love the House of Black. I think they're cool. I think as the trio's champ, it makes sense. But we don't do spooky booky very well in wrestling anymore, do we? And I would take a while to humanize Malachi Black through some promos or something or just ease off the House of Black stuff, like the, the supernatural stuff. You can still be a bit of a... I'm going to use these words wrong, but a bit of a goth, emo, dark sort of person, and I hope I haven't offended anyone using those words. I mean them in the best way possible. They're not a bad thing. While still being very human, like almost like how they started to humanize the late, great Bray Wyatt. Like I do that with Malachi Black because I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of him in AEW. You go back and watch him as NXT champion. He can be a world champion. He can carry a show. He is excellent. And I wouldn't have said this with Adam Cole around, like there's better options, but in the break and in the midst of not having someone obvious, I think you could really build him to be the star he should be in AEW with a short reign. Just remind people he's on that level. I've got it. Here we go. Will Ospreay. Okay. If, if you okay. sign Will Ospreay, he's the guy to yeah. put him at that level because you can say to MJF, that that crowd you drew at Wembley, nah. I drew it at Wembley, and Osprey is cocky enough, credible enough, fresh enough, big enough, exciting enough for MJF after a long title reign to pass the torch on to Osprey. If you can sign him up and get him all exclusive yep. to you, Osprey might be the guy for me. I the story I tell with Osprey as well is, and it's a dangerous one to tell with your champ. I just tell that MJF can't can't hang with him athletically, just because no one can. I'd have him just completely out wrestling but out and out for 20 minutes MGF just chase shadows and then you put over Osprey unbelievably of our champ couldn't get anywhere near this guy so who the hell can I, I think that would be an interesting story to tell best story that Lesnar and Cena told right SummerSlam yeah. and I'm not saying you go as no 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 is that but, but and this is sports right how many times in sports do you have the champion who has done everything and then they come up against someone and they are just outclassed. And that gives MJF that, yeah, okay, I'm better than you and you know it, apart from Will Ospreay. Mm. I like that. That's got my juices flowing. I'm excited about that. Let's yeah, do that. The, the big if is, and I think the two big companies are thinking this, who can sign Will Ospreay exclusively? And how much is it going to cost you to stop him doing everything he wants to do? Good day to be Will Ospreay, right? Because you know It's not bad. They're going to be banging down the door. Another big thing to talk about from AEW, uh, which we would have talked about last week, uh, we're going to do it this week. Sting has announced his upcoming retirement. We don't know exactly when it'll be. It'll be Revolution 2024, which usually falls in about March time. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at about six, uh, five months possibly left of Sting and <laughs> Wrestler. And to help promote that, we got Ric Flair appear on AEW Dynamite this Wednesday, making his debut. For all the people think we criticize AEW, and we love uh, so much about AEW, I want to say this. AEW has given Sting the chance to have the end to his career that he deserves. 
for nothing else, and AEW deserves credit for a huge amount of other things, but if for nothing else, they've done so well by him. Incredibly. And I think after the very sad, what we thought would be end in WWE that was, you can question the booking WWE gave at WrestleMania with Triple uh, 31 with Triple H squashing, that was very weird. But after that, they were ready to push Sting. He went to World Title Feud and he got that horrible injury. And that was no one's fault. I think we all thought that was going to be a very sad end to one of the most legendary careers the industry's ever seen. The fact that Sting is what, has he done two, three years now in AW? Yeah, 2021 so, at Revolution he did. So it'll be three years when he finishes up. What an incredible three years. And the fact that he's given us as fans a chance to finally celebrate Sting. And we've all known this is his last run. And by the way, I think it's smart to announce his retirement this far out so we now can all just enjoy it. We're just going to enjoy what happens with Sting these next five, six months. To give us the fans and to give him the wrestler and the wrestlers he's worked with in this run, especially the likes of Darby Allen, to give them these moments of this run has been just incredible and probably something we never thought we were going to get. And both sentimentally brilliant, but also business-wise, some of the best stuff AW have done because... He will have added so much value both on the finance side and just through him being there to AEW that it's it's sensational. So it's been brilliant to see, and I'm excited to see the last few months of Sting. And I would make Revolution 2024 just all about Sting. Like the whole show, throughout the whole show, I want to see. I want to see Will Ospreay come out in Sting paint. I want to see people come out, just make the whole show just celebrating Sting. That's it. I just want to see people celebrating one of the best careers I've ever had. Bring all his old rivals out to talk about him, BTs, do it all. Just sting it up. Sting. <laughs> sting it up. But the thing is, I remember it was in the depth of the pandemic he debuted. It was in, an, in a pretty empty dailies place. It felt huge that he'd made the jump. And we were all saying, he'll have a cinematic match. That's what, And he did. He had his first cinematic match. And I remember at Double or Nothing when he had a, where he jumped off the thing. And you're going, Jesus, Sting, what are you... They've done so, so well by him. Uh, so AEW's cooking, WWE's cooking. Sorry, can I say one more thing on that? Sorry. Of course. Just be Ric Flair. Yeah. Big pop to see Ric Flair. I was shouting work at the telly. There's so much value Rick can add on the mics this. I really, really mean this so strongly. I don't want to see him wrestle. I really don't want to see Ric Flair wrestle now. Um, and I, I have a horrible thing because he thinks he's on social media. He'll be pushing to do it. And I just hope the AEW are strong enough and turn cars strong enough to say, Rick, we don't want you to do that. Like, I'll tell you what, I don't want to see a Sting's last match. Him and Rick tagging against another tag. Like, please don't wrestle, Rick. You you are the legend of the industry, but we don't need to see you do it anymore. And I'm going to go one bigger than that. Don't screw. Don't don't be too clever. Don't have Sting get low blowed by Ric Flair and his right. rival. In his last match, goes one up on him. I mean, it, maybe for another time as we get closer, it'll be interesting to see what that match is. That they yes, very, things very. But let's do some uh, other bits and bobs. Uh, Becky Lynch lost the NXT Women's Championship. We won't get too far into that because we're pushing up on our time. But uh, do you think Becky's done with NXT? Do you think she's sort of finished? I think so, yes. I think it's been a very good run. She's defended the title a lot. Oh, Seth and Becky love defending their world titles, That that couple. Um, she's made the title feel more. She's been a massive part of NXT coming up again and now has passed it on to the next generation to do lots with it. So I think it's made lots of sense, Becky, doing that. I think I saw it was only about a 50-day run, but it felt a lot longer because of how much we saw it on Raw, on NXT everywhere. So yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, and the eyes that she's brought to NXT seem to be staying there as well. Because I think in the ratings this week, even though they weren't head-to-head, NXT outdrew uh, AEW. Um, TNA. 
we can say that again now, had bound for glory. Impact Wrestling is no more. TNA is coming back in the uh, next year, sort of in the January time. Very interesting decision, this, to go from being Impact Wrestling back to TNA. Yeah, really interesting. It makes me think they're going to try and start leaning on all the old, brilliant TNA matches, try and relaunch a bit of interest in them. Um, look, TNA, I've never been a huge TNA watcher. I've seen little bits from the mid-2000s when you had AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, absolutely tearing it up in the mid-2000s, late-2000s TNA. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. TNA, for a lot of its failings, had some massively innovative matches and some incredible stuff. So be really interested to see what they lean on the branding of TNA and how they refer back to old school TNA to try and promote this this new relaunch. Yeah, and if you get a chance, watch some of the Bound for Glory stuff. I know there's so much wrestling around. Yes, it's a smaller arena. That is just where Impact slash TNA is, but some really good matches on there. Final thought before we do earning the pushing back to developmental. WWE has announced it's returning to Europe next summer for its first ever pay-per-view from Germany. Bash in Berlin will emanate from the Mercedes-Benz Arena in Berlin on August the 31st. That is one week after All In 2 for AEW from Wembley Stadium. Charlie, I, I don't drink. You like a tipple. Is there any... any wow, wow that sounds quite accusational, but yes, true. Any better place to have a wrestling show? Any place more that you would want to go than Berlin for a weekend with the lads to watch wrestling? I talk a lot about how the worst beer of my life was at Clash at the Castle. Jack was there and saw I had a flat warm beer that cost me a fortune. I don't think I'd get a bad one in Berlin. Um, Oh, the Mercedes Dome. What a place to have wrestling as well. If you don't know what that stadium is, go and have a Google because that is going to be cool. Interesting. I'll get to the rest in a second. Interesting of the timing of it. Are they potentially trying to split the European market with All In 2? Very interesting there. Um, well, this actually, is so... Just, just hold that thought. What would you do? Okay, I can give you ticket and hotel. Oh. And I, I can give you... So it won't cost you a penny. But I can say you can only go to one. You can either do AW All In 2 at Wembley or you can do Bash in Berlin uh, on August the 31st, a week later. And I'll pay for it all. What are you doing? So... It's really tough. I think I'm swayed by two things. One, I'm a bigger WWE fan than I am AW. Two, Berlin is near the top of my list of cities I haven't been to that I want to. I really want to go to Berlin. I'm a big history nerd. I want to go and see where the wall was, the history museums, all that stuff. And I love going to cities I haven't been to. I want to travel more. So I've been to London a lot. So I probably, I would take Bash in Berlin. I also think, and I tweeted this, I think we see Gunther win the world title here. And isn't that why WWE have booked it there? Let's be honest. Surely. Stupid. Because I know he's Austrian. I know he's not German, by the way. I'm not saying that he's German. But Germany, obviously, borders Austria. He's European before. And then Gunther talks about being European all the time. You're going to have so many Gunthers. Oh, my God, how many Gunther shirts will they sell that weekend? I think, yeah, I think he wins a world title at this. And whether it's a universal or the world, I don't know. But I think whoever is holding those two titles going into the 31st of August. One of them won't be after it. It's not going to be Roman Reigns' title if Roman Reigns still has it because we ha we went through all this in Cardiff with Drew McIntyre. But if it's on Cody Rhodes and Cody has had a title reign that's lasted from Mania to August, that's not a bad time to well, do it. So, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I. Yeah. But I think this is, this is hugely exciting. They're coming to Europe again. Also, you hear reports of apparently slated on calendars inside WWE 
his backlash in Paris in the next few years as well was rumours. So if that's true, so cool. I think we're seeing, we're really seeing TKO flexing their international muscles here and being like, there is an appetite for this all over the world. Let's go and show it. Yeah, and it's, it, oh, poor old American fans. This is what... Oh, oh, poor US fans. Yeah, this is, now you have to live with it. Um, Right, look, let's do everyone's favourite part of the podcast. Very quickly today, earning the push and back to developmental. That is something from everyday life we love, something from everyday life we hate. We are pretty strict that it can't be wrestling related. Charlie, what are you giving the push to and what are you sending back to developmental? Earning the push for me is the new Jack Reacher book arrived. I tweeted about it yesterday on Instagram. It's one of my I favorite. could have predicted. Yeah, it's one of my favorite times every year. Jack Reacher is my favorite fictional character, bar none. Uh, the new book comes up. My better half hates, 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 hates that I all pre-order it every year because my birthday is next week. And she says, Charlie, wait a week and I can get it if he's part of your birthday. And I just look at her and say, I will have read it by then. And I will have. By next Friday, it'll be read. Uh, I love Jack Reacher. I don't really care that I'll admit, like the plot of every book is pretty similar. I don't care. I like seeing Jack Reacher beat up the bad guys, get the girl, and solve the case. And if anything else happens in the book, I'll be angry. So <laughs> the new Jack Reacher is out, and I'm going to start reading it today, and I'm very happy about it. Uh, so that's why I had the push. My back about mental is the English cricket team's woeful attempt to defend their World Cup. And I'm not having a go at the players at all because I'm, I'm a fresh athlete and no one ever, ever, ever goes on a pitch and gives anything but their best. So those guys have tried their best and it just didn't work for whatever reason. That happens sometimes. And we underscore but, didn't work in quite yeah. But as a fan, and I'm a huge cricket fan, oh, it's been painful to watch. Like, we haven't just lost. We've been rubbish this World Cup. And... One of my favourite sporting moments ever is the 2019 Cricket World Cup final. The fact that happened the same day as the mental Wimbledon final. The whole thing was amazing. And I was really excited for another Cricket World Cup. And it just went dreadfully. So, not having a go at the players, just the whole experience of us being rubbish at ODI cricket again is quite disappointing. Well, nostalgia is everything at the moment. And some nostalgic, hey, England fans, remember when we couldn't play cricket for, for love nor money. It's quite nice to have that back. Um, my earn in the push is a little bit... I'll do a quick one, which I was going to do last week. The Rugby World Cup quarterfinals. Oh. Has there oh. ever been four matches back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back that have been as good as that in their totality? All four were sensational. But I remember sitting on the Saturday, no, the Friday, and watching New Zealand versus Ireland and going, well, yeah, there's the game of the tournament and probably the best match I've ever watched. That lasted for 24 hours until South Africa beat France. So those, but that, yeah, those four games on that weekend were just incredible. Just marvellous. Uh, so I'm going to give the push to that. I want to give the push uh, mainly to the BBC TV series Ghosts. If you've not seen okay. Ghosts, it's very, very good. It's a comedy. I won't give too much away about ghosts and people living in a haunted house. It sounds weird. It mm-hmm. sounds like it shouldn't work. Give it a couple of episodes. You'll find it has a beautiful heart and it's very, very funny. So it's good. I'm I'm five, six, five episodes through. I was going to give the push. I'm going to wait till I've finished to check the, the landing sticks. But Bodies on Netflix, the new Stephen Graham show on Netflix, and five episodes through. It's weird as anything. It's across four timelines, but it's so far really good. But I'm holding out for the endings. They need to stick the landing with me. But be tuned for that next week to be my end of the push, potentially. Or back to developmental. If they yes, should. yeah, very true. That will feature somewhere. And my back to developmental is the scary movie franchise, Scream. Lots of people this week have been telling me I should watch Scream. I can't do horror. 
apparently. I don't, I don't like scary films. I don't, I don't want to be scared. That's not. No one ever goes out in the world and goes, "Ooh, I hope I get a good scare today." Well, some people do, just not us. I want to watch films to emote emotions I want to feel: joy, happiness, laughter, like tension. I'm good with tension, but I don't want to be scared. Yeah, I just couldn't. And people were saying to me, "What?" I said to a mate, "I'll watch it. I'll watch it." I got ten minutes in. I was like, "Absolutely not. This is hideous. Not for me." So, well, so I'm just gonna stick the I'm gonna stick the boot into Halloween a bit. I'm not a big Halloween guy. I'm tonight. Lights off. Back bedroom. Door is not being answered. Sorry, kids. If you're trick or treating, not this. I, I also I end up eating all the sweets because no one comes. I eat them. So I'm like, oh god, it's not good for anyone. That's a quick fire. Basically, we've just hot-shotted a load of Back to the Fundamental out in the push there. Let's wrap it up with one last question on wrestling. We sort of touched on this. Any... Oh, how do I even ask this question now in the mood you're in? MJF... No, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. MJF retains his title tonight? I think so, yes, absolutely. I, I just... Screw job. I, no, I obviously cut across it with an arty comment earlier. I just don't see the value in MJF losing now in a non-build match. Like, it's a huge match, and Kenny Omega obviously could be the champion. It'd be brilliant. The only way I think is if they were planning for him to lose to Cole around now and they want to go back down the route of MJF not being champion, potentially. But in my mind, I'm pretty sure MJF retains tonight. Yeah, I would agree. We shall see. We'll be talking about it next week when we'll also be on the morning of Crown Jewel and loads more besides in the time between now and then. Remember to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Share it on your socials. He is Charlie underscore Beckett. I am Jack underscore Murley. Wherever you do your socials. But for this week, we are out of time. Thanks for listening to Earning the Push. Enjoy your rest of the week and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.